Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. All right, to all those who came in late, my name is Dr. Shelby, and I'm your anger management therapist. Let's continue on with today's sharing with one of our new participants. Thank you for waiting patiently, Greg. Now, what made you angry this past week? While I was watching Raw, it was absolute shit. Stupid. And, and what was so bad about it, Greg? Well, everything. Well, number one, shit doesn't need to be fucking three hours. I mean, I love watching wrestling. The more, the better. But come on. There's a replay, a recap after every segment. It's like you got to watch everything fucking twice. Stupid fucking internet, Mark. Thanks hey, for the fucking company. Don't, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about right now. Fucking idiot. Don't even fucking get me started on the main roster. That's the place where the talent gets set from NXT to fucking die. You know, thank God for NXT. So once you get to the main roster, you're shit. I don't give a fuck what the ratings are. Your matches suck. Your stories suck. Whoever's running has absolutely zero idea how to be creative. You fucking think you know what the fuck's going on. You fucking... Look, right. Drew deserves so much better, but fuck Drew. He could be down in AW getting less than a million people watching him, which doesn't matter, but there are enough people who watch Raw on Monday, over a million, for Raw to not week in and week out, just generally overall sucks. All right. Is there something you wanted to say, Vincent? suck it's the best damn production the best creative and the best goddamn roster in the fucking business and i won't let this little idiot hey, tell me i fucking watch when i was watching because that shit fucking sucked vincent remember what we discussed last week and i did i'm not trying to suck anymore but i'm not gonna let this little fucking degenerate tell me that my wwe monday night raw is anything less than the best goddamn thing on television vincent Vincent, calm down, please. I want you to repeat our mantra. I'll show this little son of a bitch my mantra. Vincent! (sighs) Life is a steady, flowing river. In this river, there are two objects. There is the water that flows gently, and the river is at peace. But there are also rocks that make the river rough and rapid. In life, you have a choice. Water or rock, be the water, not the rock. The most important part of our mantra, everyone, is the fact that we have a choice. We do not have complete control over what happens to us. We all experience peaceful waters and stormy waters, but we do get to choose whether to let things flow through us or to reject them and resist them. That's when we lose control. Negative emotions of sadness, frustration, and anger aren't meant to be resisted. You have to let them gently flow through you. And within that is the process of accepting the bad things our anger has caused us to do.
You ready? Let's do it. Buster Boys, episode 28. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hello. Oh, how's it going? Oh, I'm okay. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm actually really great this week. Oh, and yeah? I, I, no, I'm, um, wow. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you can guess why, uh, you know, but... Uh, oh, because uh, Mr. Goldman is not here. Exactly. Well, uh, well hey, let's... Uh, yeah, I guess if you heard the show last week, we did give uh, Mr. Greg Goldman another opportunity. An and ultimatum. It, uh, yeah, didn't exactly go well. Um, got in a battle with his trash compactor. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a shame. I feel bad for the guy a little bit, but I know you don't. No, I mean, you know, well, like, we gave him this opportunity, you know, thinking that he would, you know reach the standards that we set for the show which which are very high you yeah. know which are really are and like i just don't you know understand how like somebody can think that they can just come on and and, and like not reach that and not create you know create a problem i yeah. know there's lots of du- neg- double negatives in there but um sound like him yeah <laughs> right um but yeah i just don't really understand how like he just doesn't really seem that he really knows what he's getting into. And what he's getting into is is a whole lot, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, what comes with being a brain buster boy is not just coming here and doing this podcast well, every day. Well, he's not a brain buster He's not boy. a brain buster boy. But this, to me, it's it's about, like, you know, going through what we've gone through. It's just as much about podcasting as it is about survival. Mm. And, uh, you know, he ain't survived shit. But um. anyway... No. Yeah, so uh, Greg is uh, off to anger management, and we will hear, we'll check in with him here in a couple weeks. Okay. But uh, yeah, enough of that. Um, let's just kind of move on. Let's get past it. Um, Danny Limelight finally signed a oh, contract yeah. with MLW. Joe Riv. Joe Riv. He also liked the new Space Jam movie, which <laughs> fucking everybody hated, like in the most funny terms. Is too. it out yet? It Did is. It yeah, yeah, today? yeah. Yeah, you can stream okay, it yeah. too. I yeah, it's it was in theaters coming. and that. Yeah. Today, Friday. Oh, yeah, and I know sixteenth. And I know I mentioned this to you earlier, but I feel like we should just. It's like the reviews have been killing me all day. Yeah. Because like normally on a bad movie, people will like rip into it and come up with colorful phrases, but this was just like disappointment it, it just people were just despondent and they were like are we better than this is like I, I think um the vox article said is american entertainment truly better than this wow like it was just like a, a new low like like beneath the bottom of the barrel and uh yeah i mean it's a culture it seems funny but well uh yeah so back to limelight he signed with mlw and happy for him because that was a large part of our conversation was he was still unsigned i saw he can still work with new japan which is great and maybe we will still see him in the best of the super juniors but i believe no more aew you know obviously throughout this contract but happy for him and uh you know we'll see where he goes and uh speaking of contracts uh we may as well mention the varsity blondes did officially sign with aew Mm -hmm. and uh i guess this makes them official graduates now jobber high yeah yeah i mean they got admitted to their college and Mm. declared a major and made it to varsity yeah major rushed a fraternity and uh 
got put on probation and had a play and prison hearing. And now so they're both dating ball. a cheerleader. Oh, they are. Yeah. Julia Hart. Oh, they're both dating them? Well, no, I'm just making a joke. Oh, good. Just the part of the graduation. Oh, my yeah. bad. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've kind of joked about this jobber high gimmick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think they had kind of basically already graduated, so to speak, because they'd been on the main roster on Dynamite in main events, challenging for right. titles. But this just makes it official. Yeah. So it kind of made me think, uh, who are other kind of prestigious jobber high graduates? Red Velvet. Red Velvet, obviously, definitely uh, one. So Lee Johnson, Lee Johnson has got to be more. Because oh, yeah, remember, he like hadn't won, and he signed, well, and he got well, the and then win. Cody came out and hugged him. Yeah. And, stuff. and I think that was where we coined the term jobber it, high. I believe it is. That, was that instance. And so two before that that we haven't even talked too much mm-hmm. about, but I think one of them we maybe did was Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. He was Will Hobbs, yeah. and like only on Dark and whatnot, and like, you know, built himself up right. and got in these storylines, turned heel, and now he's a big deal. But I would say the biggest, and I think we kind of touched on them initially, but you weren't really around as much during their jobber days at all, but that's John Silver Yeah, I was about to, that, that, that's what I was going to say next. I know I told yeah. you, you know, about their jobberdom, yeah. but uh, just kind of from where they were to where they've gotten now, I'd say they are... The collective valedictorian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Top of the class, 1A and 1B. And I'd put Will Hobbs at salutatorian if yeah. we're just talking impact. And then probably Red Velvet, Varsity Blondes along the same line. Sure. But, yeah, congrats to the Varsity Blondes and local guy Brian Pillman Jr. We are happy for you. Yeah, get that diploma. And, unfortunately, again, we have to say another rest in peace this week mm. to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who passed away earlier this week. And, you know, all the tributes kind of came out. Seemed like he was a great guy. Had, you know, obviously was, you know, big part of wrestling from, you know, the mid, you know, early 80s through the mid 90s yeah. in WCW. And, you know, you see all the tributes from people coming out and how important he was to, you know, like Mick Foley's career and just, you know, other people just outpouring their support for him. And um, I remember he had a nice feud with Mick Foley, like in the mid 90s in WCW, whereas I kind of only knew him like WWF 80s, mm-hmm. which leads again to uh, this week. Or if you recall, uh, we wanted to honor Mr. Wonderful. So what did we do? We watched the main event of WrestleMania 1. <laughs> From March 31st of 1985, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper. I know you're going to have some thoughts about this, yeah, but yeah. Let's, uh, let's save them for later yeah. in the show. It was wonderful, you know. But uh, yeah, it will be interesting to look into WrestleMania 1, which will be by far the earliest match we've watched together. Mm-hmm. So uh, stay tuned for that. Dial it in. Um... Anything else, or should we just roll into Dynamite? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Star Trek and Zwan Report. Well, uh, for the first time since, I believe, episode 19, The Switch... Switch. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting a reprise of the Star Trek and Zwan Report, but here we go. Warp speed. The Star Trek and Zwan Report for July 16th, 2021. And again, these are notes handed to me by Bo. I don't know shit about this, but I just report the news. On Wednesday, Paramount announced the next Star Trek film will be directed by Matt Shackman, showrunner of Marvel's WandaVision which our landlord Lee hated. 
The script will be written by Lindsay Beer. Oh, I could clog a few. And Geneva Convention Robertson Dwarrett, making it the first Star Trek film penned by female screenwriters. That is correct. That's interesting. That is correct, okay. yeah. <laughs> Other recent attempts to make a Star Trek film were done by Noah Hawley of FX's Fargo and Legion. He's, co- he's key. And another by Quentin Tarantino and the Revenants. What did Tarantino do? He so like no joke. So he, um, I'd heard rumors that like he was maybe going to do something. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 no, no. Anything, they com- they commissioned it? a script. Okay. So there is a script in existence written by the guy from the Revenant and Tarantino. Okay. So First I didn't Star finish Trek. the thought. It, Mark L. Smith. Yeah. I'd heard about that, but I yeah, didn't realize yeah. it got off the ground at all. No, it did. It was very close. And um, so the script is written. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there is a script, and um, it's based on this one episode from the original series where. Um, they go back in time to like 30s gangster. I think he was one to sort of remake an older episode with that. But um, you know who was really on with the idea was Bill. He um, oh Bill Shatner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bill said that Quentin's movies have some real juice to them. I mean, I would agree. They sure yeah. do. So, Actually, yeah, no, no. Lee and I have been watching a few of Quentin's juicy movies. Yeah, see, I thought, you, I thought that would be. No, I did know that yeah. there again that he was involved yeah. in a rumor, mm-hmm. but didn't realize oh, yeah. it had gotten that far. It did. Yeah, it got into I think script writing, and I think you know. I mean, he wanted it to be R-rated, and I think most yeah. of the cast and the art, the creative people were down, but I think the execs were kind of like, yeah, yeah we know we how sell those this? damn execs yeah. can fuck with you sometimes. Uh, yeah. And uh, on to the Zwan report. Wow, there actually is a bit of, well, not current, but a piece here, unlike last time. Zwan released their album, Mary Star of the Sea, on January 28th, 2003. Fuck this water and rock bullshit. Hey, 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 uh, Greg. Oh, what do you want? You had to fucking yell at me some more? Hey, the Attitude Era's been over for about 20 fucking years. Listen here, you little chicken shit! Uh, be the water, not the rock. Be the fucking water, not the rock. Okay, listen, Greg. I'm sorry for yelling at you back there. It was completely uncalled for, and I just want to say, though I respectfully disagree with you, thank you for watching my show. It's viewers like you who make Raw what it is. You mean absolute shit. I accept the fact that you think that. Okay. Okay. It's kind of weird when someone doesn't argue back with you. It's like riding the subway with no fucking bums to deal. I I know, right? It's always feeling like you have an enemy out there. You're always fighting. Yeah, someone who's always holding you down. down. Ah. Well, hey, it's nice to meet you. You're uh, you're a lot better than they make you look on TV. Wait, Greg. Uh... Could I, uh, teach you to a cup of coffee? Really? Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, uh, alright, but but I ain't gonna hear one bit about how well you've booked Drew in the past year. <laughs> alright, hell, I don't even want to talk about that. A 
AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 1, 7-14-21. We kick off with Cincinnati's own Jonathan Moxley. John! Making his return since, I guess, Double or Nothing. Uh, oh, after, wow. It has been that long, After having a child. It? Congrats, John yeah. and Renee. And John defeats Machine Gun Carl Anderson in 9 minutes, 28 seconds to defend the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in what I thought was a very fun, uh, strong style match. What did mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, no, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, you know, especially early, early on, Mox comes out with Kingston. He attacks and gets after the wow, good brothers guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I miss the Me hit. Wa- I miss the hit watch Me era too. when Wild Thing will never just have the same thing. I guess another question. Uh, big time miss it. Anywho, um, Jr. said Mox was in a bad mood, mm. and I thought he seemed like that. Uh, he got a haircut as well. Yeah. Um, I and think no. he essentially like shaved his head for a while. I yeah. mean, you could tell it was still pretty uh, light. Yeah. No, I thought this was a really good match. You know, uh, Mox had a lot of momentum. Um, Carl Anderson got this one big counter into the first near fall of the match, and then kind of we. You know, he sort of takes over for a little bit, but, you know, he kept on trying to get that paradigm shift off, yeah. and then when it finally happened... Was the best Anderson's looked in a singles match in years. Um, yeah. I thought he was great, and, you know, from the get-go, it was... The tone was set that this is going to be a strong style New Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, they were slugging, exchanging Oh, yeah, the elbow the From elbow the get-go, yeah. you know, in the middle of the match, like, there was... You know, it was, it was pretty back and forth, but Anderson kind of... Took his first bit of control with a big spine buster. And then there was like a big flurry of moves where like Moxley hit a superplex, a German suplex. And yeah, like which yeah. happens in New Japan often. Anderson no-sold it, got yeah. back up, hit Moxley with the boot. Moxley hit him with the clothesline. So like that's when things kind of really got heating up. Yeah. And then Mox went for the chokehold sleeper, mm-hmm. went for that pile driver. But Anderson countered out of it. And that's when he hit a few. He hit that jumping neck breaker off the top. Yeah. Got out of the paradigm shift. Hit the gun stun, which is essentially mm-hmm. like an RKO diamond yeah. cutter. Uh, Moxley gets his foot on the rope, and then he hits the fireman's carry gun stun, mm-hmm. and like the very close near fall. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, because you know beforehand we were like, or last week we're like, Anderson could win this. I mean, Moxley is probably going to, and he did, but it's like wouldn't shock you to see the elite get another piece of oh, gold. Oh yeah, yeah. And Anderson, a guy who'd been in New Japan and had some success, and um. I like also that Excalibur early on was kind of talking about the lineage of the U.S. title and how Kenny was the first holder. So, like, there's some history there. Um, but anywho, so yeah, that after he got that very near fall, um, he went for another top rope cutter, which Moxley blocked, hit him with the clothesline, and finally locked in the paradigm shift. And that was that. That was that. And um, that move where Carl Anderson went off the top that Mox caught when Mox caught him yeah. into the paradigm shift, it looked a little botchy, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. So that's a, that's a one little thing about this match. I really liked yeah. it. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. But it was oh. a little sloppy at times. Mm-hmm. It could have been a little smoother in the execution, mm-hmm. but I thought. You know, a lot of big, impactful yeah. moves and good striking yeah. by both guys. And another thing to me is a relative, is still a relative new, newcomer to New Japan. Yeah. Um, they play with the New Japan rules, so you know the um, the, the storytelling in the match really leaned, leaned into that twenty count. twenty second count. Yeah. yeah. Um, Early on in cool. the match, they were kind of fighting outside a lot and mm-hmm. up on the ramp. Yeah, absolutely. I love the twenty count. I mean, yeah. And, and you get the, you get the fans counting it. You yeah, know, yeah. Like in New Japan, I always love the ring announcer. They'll announce the count like ten. 11, 
12, and it always yep. gets more dramatic as they get 15, 16, 17. Like, do, do they wait longer periods of a time? A little yeah. bit, but like 18, <laughs> 19. Like the dramatic, it just builds with the drama yeah. of the count, which is really cool. You know, which they didn't really do here. See, I'd like but, to yeah. see a New Japan match that ends with that. Yeah. You know, like where like that drama just kind of builds. Yeah. So I think that, that would be fun. But uh, yeah, fun match. And uh, we get immediately after the match, we get good old Lance Archer just inserting himself in as he typically does. But again, love the continuity here. He brings up that, you know, he and Moxley had a Texas death match in the Tokyo Dome, which Moxley beat Archer to win the U.S. title. What do you know? They're going to be in Texas again next week, and Lance Archer challenges him to another Texas death match in Dallas, which is Lance Archer's hometown. Yeehaw. Well, that's where he fought Osprey, right? That's correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in the 2018 G1 that we reviewed uh, long ago. Yep. So good call, good good memory of that. Big win by Lar- I was about to say Larcher. Larcher. Big win by Archer there LA, in Dallas. L.A. Archer. L.A. Archer. <laughs> and we will hear later on Moxley's uh, answer. But yeah, great opener. Fun, fun stuff. And then we got Andrade interviewed by Alex Abrahantes. Didn't say much, but what he did say was impactful. He's looking for the death triangle. He is, yeah. I mean, he set his sights on them. Who do you think is going to be like the first one he fights out of all of them? I don't care. I just can't wait to see it. Yeah, that should I be mean, pretty I, sick. I bet him and Pac is, would be an excellent I feel match. like, well, just because Pentagon's been around the most uh-huh. lately of those three, I feel yeah. like that would make sense, but... Um, I mean, Phoenix has been hurt. And, I think we haven't seen Pac since Silver Nothing either. Yeah, I right? think Pac yeah. just probably went, you know, back to England for a bit. Sure. Whatever. But yeah, so this hopefully is telling me that Phoenix and Pac are on the way on their way back. And God, I'd love to see an Andrade singles match with all three of those guys. Yeah, no, I think that would be it. Pac and Phoenix are on the Phoenix and Pac are on their way back. Don't cut them any slack. Keep going. Because they're no, because neither of them are a hack. Because I have a knack for talking smack. Boil. In a one-room shack. If you want to play some um, video with my trash the size of a tic tac. Like, say like Lex, Greg. get Lex Luger up in the torture rack, and then. Um, I think I think let's end it before we catch a lot of flack. Yeah, yeah, you catch a lot of flack because if not, there will be a law against us. They will enact. Mm. Yes. That, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so then we get Ricky Stocks. Hell yeah! Defeating the Machine Brian Cage in nine minutes and twenty-one seconds to win the FTW World Title and. Uh, Bit of a fun little swerve to end this oh, match. Yeah, hell yeah. And, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say this. This was my favorite match of the night. Heck yeah, brother. I think. Um, and uh, this one, you know, the wrestling, I thought, like, had, like, a big ebb and flow. Because, like, whenever Cage was, like, dominating, he was throwing Ricky Starks around like he was a fucking Like, pillow. in the very beginning, yeah. he was. Well, like, and... when he, like, picks him up and power, Like, he was able to, like, pick him up, catch him. And, and it was just, like, yeah. there was nothing. And there was no strain. Um, so yeah, that was really impressive. And then kind of when, because like, it made me think like, how the hell is Starks going to win this? Yeah. Like, how are they going to write him into any sort of contention? And then, um, you know, he does. Um, and then we have the ending, I guess we want to go ahead and talk about that. Or yeah. Just gonna, so, yeah. I mean, earlier, earlier in the match, Ricky had gone for the belt as he's tended to do and powerhouse Hobbs basically grabbed it away from him. And that's when you're thinking like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Maybe they're turning against Ricky Starks or there's like a code. 
in um, yeah, FTW. Like you, you yeah. can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that ends up switching around. Yeah. As um, basically they're going down the stretch and Cage hits Starks with like an F5 where he kind of has him up and twists him around. Yeah. It's a move Brock Lesnar does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looks like he's getting ready to set up yeah. for the win. Hook distracts the ref. And then, lo and behold, powerhouse Hobbs, who took the title from Ricky yeah. Stalks earlier, uses it and clocks Cage. Him. Yeah, and, and I was legitimately surprised. Yeah, like great swerve, by very them. well executed. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, this was that was just sort of the cherry on top of what was you know a really fun match. Absolutely. You know, because like both people like kind of had their moments of like riding out and momentum, and when they had it, both of them made the most of it. Oh, you know, yeah. and hell, we haven't seen Ricky Starks wrestle in He's how been, long? He, it's been months. Yeah, so it's so, four months. Oh shit! Well, Three, I mean, four months. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, in like it's been a while. Yeah, a really He'd long had time. that neck injury. Well, and in like you know. Like I like the Ricky Starks matches I remember the most are the ones from our earliest episodes. Yeah. Like when Powerhouse Hobbs joined Team Taz. Yeah. You know, so and when they had the feud with Darby Allen and all that stuff. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it's I almost just kind of forgot sort of what he kind of brought to the table. He's great. Yeah. yeah. What he after Cage got hit with the belt, Starks hit the quick spear for the win, mm-hmm. and Taz is like, I love it. Which it was interesting because early in the match, Taz almost sounded like a conflicted dad, like that he hadn't, you know, he still thought that he could patch things up between these two, and that once they fought it out, it would be fine. But clearly, they all kind of had a plot against Cage oh, here. Oh, for sure, and it'll be interesting because obviously we're still moving toward the Cage face turn. I think it's cemented at yes, this point. Yes, cemented. I mean, I'm sure he's probably going to keep feuding yeah. with Team Taz yeah, but for a it'll bit. It'll be interesting to see what how sort of Taz you know, lines up in this sort of because Did each, they add another member. Yeah, yeah but and Taz is trying to keep the group together. So like what's Taz gonna think about, you know, sort of Well, I feel like his reaction on commentary there was it when he yeah. said I love and then he hugged Ricky Starks at the so I, that's what I'm saying. It's done. Yeah. The decision has been made. Yeah. Um one thing I wanted to point out from earlier in the match was Ricky had hit like a big sit down power bomb at one yeah. point. And just his, again, the little things with him, the facial expressions. Mm. He kind of had him in the pin and was shaking his head, and there only was a two count, and just like, he just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And just like the little things he's just so good at. Oh, yeah. Like, just that charisma that the emoting, we always talk you know, about with him. Yeah. yeah, and I loved his, he had, you know, like, he was from New Orleans, and like his music had that New Orleans kind of jazz da, sort of stuff. Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, and he, so he got big, actually big ovation from the crowd, uh, so our buddy Poppy, who's seen him in the Indies a ton in Austin, uh-huh. which is where this show was. So I think Starks has wrestled a lot in Austin. So I think that's why he got a bit of an ovation, even though he was the heel. So happy for Ricky Starks. For sure. I mean, we've uh, been big fans of him since he came. And, I mean, looks like he's going to be set up as kind of the new central figure in Team Taz. And that'll so. be exciting. It'll be nice to have him kind of back in the fold. Um, one last thing, I guess, um, that I did notice was when we went to picture in picture. I think I just I saw the first Jimmy John's commercial I've ever seen on that. Did, did like, you know, have you ever seen a Jimmy John's commercial? Oh yeah, I mean always. Subs delivered freaky fast. <clears throat> and uh then we get old Cody Rhodes just stomping his way out and uh Putting a headset on, and uh, he was very upset. That, oh God, that he was Malachi really upset. Black kicked a sixty-two-year Arn Anderson, or however old he is. That's exactly how he put it. And, you know, essentially, he was pissed at this, and, and, he, and he got that. kicked. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then Cody gets even more upset and takes the headset off and grabs a microphone and. <laughs> He's like, you know, I don't win every fight I'm in, but I have a better chance when I can see it coming. 
and he calls out, even refers to him as Tommy End, Malachi yeah. Black, whatever oh, your Tommy name M. is. And um, then he said, really dumb line. He's like, because it's Fighter Fest and I feel like fighting. Sigh. I mean, that, that this is like episode one through four, Brain Buster Boys Cody. <laughs> Not like the Cody I've come to respect from episode like 17 on. Well, I think that's what this whatever, dumb yeah. feud with QT in the factory is. Yeah, just, yeah, it's whittled him down. So we're going to turn the turn the corner here, and I think this is about to be great. So it's Fighter Fest, it feels like fighting, lights go, or no, not yet. Then we see Malachi Black on the screen. With the, with the smoke-filled room. Yeah. in smoke. Same big glasses that he had on that he um, in WWE when he did the children's book fable. Yeah, him. and he said something. I didn't catch it all. Something about a man killing a horse. I don't even remember what oh, he yeah, was talking he, about. He talked about seeing a man kill a horse and yeah. some sort of weird experience. Yeah. And then he mentions that when he looked Cody and Arn in the eyes, it just wasn't there, which I like. And then Cody basically told him to come out, and then the lights went out then the lights came back on and again crowd erupted just yeah. like they did last week like malachi he's already a star yeah. i mean it's just great when he, they have that blackout thing going which i have a question about that logistically just yeah. pick your brain about it like so those lights go out for what six seven seconds right? yeah something like so that. like where is he because he he's not sitting in the crowd like is he like so you know, i doubt he's under the ring but that happens a lot yeah, see, but that, that, that was probably like yeah. Like, they very well could be, but he's there's also many different entranceways, like, beyond the ramps. Like, he's probably just kind of hidden and ducked down Yeah, somewhere. like with a hood on or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, very well could be under the ring, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure they've got it's, That's a quick of, entrance, too, to, like, run up, get in there, and, oh, and yeah. be, like, posed. Exactly. Like he and, was, like, yeah. in the complete dark, too. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's kind of what I was, you know, like, you know... Impressed about, I guess, in terms of the logistics of that. But he's got his thing. He's got his entrance. He has oh, sort of, yeah. like... You know, the thing that comes in, AEW better milk this, you know, for all its work. Which oh, yeah. Will. And yeah. so he and Cody brawl and security breaks it up. And just like, already, this is so much better for Cody than what he'd been doing the last three months with yeah. a go-go and QT and the factory. It's like, this is a legit hot feud and the crowd mm. is reacting as such. Yeah, no, this is going to be really exciting. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, that this is going to be sort of... Um, Malachi Black's like legitimacy match against Cody. Oh yeah. So yeah, man. He like, should win. He should win. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. Cody should put him over, and I, you know, I'm, a, I'm guessing we're building this to all out. You know, that would seem to make sense yeah. here. Like, I don't think they're, you know, they're gonna take their time with it. Like, they're gonna treat this as a pretty big match as it should be. Yeah. Because it is. But yeah, just great stuff, and just love the pop from just the the crowd was hot all night. Just two weeks in a row, back out on the road. Just again, I love it. It's amazing. Then we went backstage with Marvez with Tolly Blanchard, who was interrupted by Santana and Ortiz with a fake tire iron. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I thought this was fun. I mean, I like Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Um, Whenever at the very end, you know, whenever they reveal that the tire iron's fake and they're and they walk away, Tully like comes up and he's at the center of the camera and he goes, "I'm gonna get my boys. Yeah, you just wait." Yeah. And I was just like, "Man, I think weak. It, it, it was very weak, especially yeah. for a guy who's been in wrestling as long yeah. as he has been." And uh, yeah, and and I mean, maybe it wasn't just his delivery; like he didn't have to come up center to the camera and do that like stage pose. But anyway, yeah, yeah, no, it was. I thought it was pretty funny yeah. too. But um, yeah, again. 
just give us FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. Exactly. I mean, come on. We've been just dancing around it for so long. They're clearly building. I mean, I guess maybe they're going to wait for All Out. Yeah. Maybe they do it at Fight for the Fallen, mm. perhaps. Um, but obviously, we're building towards that, especially after those guys took out Conan last week and now the tease this week. So, mm-hmm. And then Hell we yeah. get Hangman This was awesome. Adam Page. Who, did you see his little tagline this week? Was you know it like it feels weird? Feeling or weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the first one I noticed and wrote down yeah, in a while. Feeling I thought it was weird. Good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, every week they're great. I saw like a, a Twitter Reddit thread recently that had every single. Oh one really? Of them that I'd like was to pretty see that. Good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again. Introduced by Tony Schiavone, huge fucking pop, obviously. Uh, damn, yeah, it's just great. Week after week now. And, you know, basically says, you know, just kind of recapping the story here. Since day one, he wanted to be the AEW world champ, but he failed. And, you know, but the Dark Order was right. He still needs that title. And then he's about to say, I'm here to challenge for the All Elite. And then fucking Dan Callis, wait, 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 wait. Boo! And they all come out. Callus, the young bucks who look like they've been shopping at Dan Flashes. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen? I think you should leave. Yeah, I have it. Oh yeah, the, the new season. Oh yeah, yeah, with, 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 with that shirt. Yeah, 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 with the pat- yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched that last Friday. Yeah, it's oh incri- wow. So yeah, the more yeah, complicated yeah. the pattern, the and more it, expensive it is. Dan Flash. Oh yeah. But that Bucks looked like they were outfitted from Dan Flash. Exactly that's for sure. Oh, Gallows, Cutler, the whole gang's out there, and uh, yeah, just week after week again, the Bucks just like getting more ba- disgusting oh. and heinous with their presentation and and what was really beautiful to really kickstart this sort of whole segment was you know everyone got to say their piece to like uh basically saying you're not the guy yeah you're not the guy and they you know they were all but then matt jackson gets the microphone and goes up there and it's just super annoying when he's like Like, i want to go in and say it to your face yeah 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 and he like it's just super annoying with his like it's almost like a onesie he was Mm -hmm. wearing yeah and, like, that was the perfect person to do that. Well, because he know? and Hangman, again, I don't even remember how much of this you saw, but, like, he and Hangman were always the ones kind of getting in each other's faces really? as they were breaking apart. Hangman cost the Young Bucks a tag title shot at one point. So, like, it had been Hangman and Matt that had had the most adversity. Oh, okay. So that's why it meant even more. Add some layers. Um, so, yeah, he gets in and wants to say it to his face. And, again, kind of recaps. Remember when we were best friends and you abandoned us? he's like, it blows my mind that you left us for a bunch of losers, the Dark Order. And, you know, references his breath and how he can tell he's still been hitting the bottle. So it's like they're checking every little bit of this story. And he calls him a sad, lonely cowboy and that he's going to be the next great wrestling tragedy. What does Hangman do? Just fucking clocks him. clocks him 100%. I mean, and that was a yeah. nice, nice it was, shot, yeah. too. And, like, it was completely deserved. He was just amping up the oh, healing, annoying, annoyingness. Absolutely. And, like, you know, he was, you know, even without, like, that context you just gave me, that segment worked. Just because oh, he yeah. is just that person. And it know? just works even better yeah. knowing that yeah. there's so much history yeah. there and that exactly. it was always those two. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this part of the and show. And then, yeah. you know, Gallows comes in, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, then they all kind of come in and um you know hangman fights them off and then you see kenny getting set up with the uh-huh. belt ready to hit him and then boom dark order slides in crowd goes nuts kenny and everyone kind of cower a little bit um you know crowd is going insane 
And Hangman gets the microphone and he's basically like, I want a match and I'm not leaving until I get one. And Kenny's like, oh, you want a match? You want a match? Well, not only do you get me, but you get the rest of us and get your goon squad and we'll have a five on five elimination match. Okay. And wow, it's going to be amazing. It is going to be sick. And And if Dark Order wins, not only does Hangman get a title shot at Kenny, but Dark Order gets the tag team title shots. We don't know who that will be yet. Would it be Silver Reynolds? I would guess either Silver and Reynolds or Uno and Stu. Gotcha. Um, So, again, double stakes. And Kenny is basically like, oh, you make a lot of demands for someone who's not in a position of power. And, you know, he's like, you guys have to give up something too, which they're not really giving anything up. But if they don't win, they don't get the shots, which obviously makes sense. And he's like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, but you also don't fail. Which, again, is the whole story arc for Hangman is that he's afraid of failure Mm -hmm. and letting the fans down and letting his friends down. And Kenny says, Hangman is afraid to fail in front of the fans. And... I thought this was kind of like lame, but also kind of funny when he's like, I'll take a lot of pleasure when cowboy shit turns into belt collector. It was just like so lame, but it worked. S- same thing with the Bangkok thing. It was yeah. a lot of a lot of the yes. same that the same beat. And like you know? I've actually been reading there was like a Reddit thread or something about Kenny's like heel work, about how he's almost playing like an awkward like almost kind of nerdy heel as opposed to the cool heel and it works yeah because like if he played cool badass heel people wouldn't hate him as much well yeah and he like looks slick he has the sunglasses the fu man who always has the nice brightly colored suits but yeah yeah, whenever he like makes a joke yeah he's a little more awkward yeah yeah it lands kind of flat but i think that works for the character yeah um point and so then actually this segment ends with a pretty what could be a pretty revealing statement when Hangman says, the Dark Order doesn't back down from a fight you're on. Is Hangman now a member of the Dark Order? Like, is that what that I, means? I mean, if not, he's a associate member Yeah, of which it, he has been. Enough. But he's I just blind. thought that was an interesting line yeah. for him to say. Yeah. And again, just great, great shit. Well, and there. he should. Like, like, leaving them high and dry after them, like, giving him the advice that he needs, the support. You know, like, I think, you know, that wouldn't be something that AEW would want to have in his character. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think it's inevitable. Um, another little detail, uh, Dan Callis was wearing a pink rose. Oh, wow, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, I guess this is now Hit Watch. I mean, everything I guess, you is know, Hit like, Watch. Like, Anytime like, he's around. Yeah, I mean, you know, them, anyone in the Dark Order. What if Silver hit Dan Callis? I'd shit, shit a brick. Yeah. Come. And come. Yeah, it, it, no, you, you. Now next week, here, I was gonna make Cody's this. got a match with that jokester, Onward. Orange Cassidy. You know. Well, you know, beyond the question, is Hangman in the Dark Order? There's a lot to unpack here. I mean, this match is gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't think you've seen like a big five on five or four on four elimination match. Is so that... everybody has to get pinned. And is that next week? No, they yeah. haven't announced it gotcha. yet. I'm okay. guessing it'll be Fight for the Fallen, okay. which is the week after. But Charlotte. There yeah. are a lot of scenarios that can happen here. Um, I don't think they're going to have Hangman pin Kenny here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the dark. I feel like the Dark Order have to win this, obviously. Yeah. And I, I could see it like where either Kenny gets disqualified for something mm-hmm. or he's not in the match and has Cutler in the match yeah. instead. 
Or, you know, I think what would be the tightest thing, like WWE did something at like a Survivor Series or SummerSlam or something with Dolph Ziggler where he was like kind of the underdog and like got the big win for his team. Like I'm almost thinking they do that with like a silver here. Yeah. Like Hangman gets knocked out and silver pins Kenny or yeah, something. Yeah, that would be pretty rad. You know, I think there's a lot of possibilities here and it can be, it's going to be so much fun and mm. so heated and so dramatic yeah. and double stakes and well, well, I can't fucking wait. Well, and does now like that Dark Order is going into conflict with the Elite, does, now, does that also sort of put like... Eddie Kingston, Kazarian, those guys kind of like potentially coming into hell. Yeah, or, you I don't know. know. You're right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, especially a Kazarian because yeah. he's been so tired. Yeah, that, that's what he's all about. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. he could help the Dark Order win. Yeah, yeah. who knows? You're, that's a good call. Like, where does he fit in? Especially, yeah. But yeah, Kingston too. He's been right there in the thick of it mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yes, so. it will. But yeah, can't wait. I, and again, it's not next week. It'll probably be Fight for the Fallen, but... Yeah, which also another interesting thing. Again, we'll likely see whether it's Silver and Reynolds or Stu and Uno against the Young Bucks at All Out as well. Yeah. So, like, another what would be very, very fun match. Oh, hell but yeah. Kind of goes a bit against our theory of the winner of FTR and Santana and Ortiz getting the tag title <laughs> shot, but they could always save that for another time. Sure, too. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's this is this is the best thing going in all of wrestling right now, and uh, the slow burn continues. And let's enjoy the next call it month and a half. And I was talking to Diesel about this the other day, like when we'll be in Milwaukee for Dynamite. That's like the second to last episode before All Out, so we're gonna be deep in this fucking build. Yeah, and it's gonna be amazing. Sounds sick. I'm excited. And then we get our friend Marvez interviewing Jericho, who says that he will walk through fire and broken glass to get to MJF. He doesn't care who he has to face, Mm -hmm. and that he is the god of thunder and the god of war, and Sean Spears comes in and clocks him with a chair. Yep, and uh, MJF enters, and he says, hey, yo, uh, Jericho, Jericho, you know... uh, your you're, first labor, you're, yeah. Your first labor with Hercules and you know the uh, the doctors and uh, and the umbilical cord and uh, so and then he says, "Hey Jericho, you have to fight Spears, who can use a chair." Which, like, actually to go back into, I know what I'm talking about mode. Um, yeah, like that's like if all the matches are gonna be like this, yeah. Like and like I kind of get how this sort of compares to sort of like some sort of Herculean task, yeah. Where it's like there are these little disadvantages. Yeah, Spears can use a chair, but Jericho, can. yeah, yeah, yeah. And know. this is just number one, right? So. Right. So like I think there's gonna be all these little caveats that I think are gonna make this pretty fun because like this, you know. Conflict has happened before, yep. you know, so I think, you know, you're going to want to bring something new to the table. Gotta now, this is something some spice, new. Yep. Yeah. And again, I imagine we're probably headed to Jericho MJF at All Out. Yep. So again, this, like the Hangman Kenny story, this is going to be a fun one to monitor until we get there. You know, week after week, Jericho is going to have to be jumping through these hoops and... You know, like we talked about last week, could he face someone like a Sammy? Or, you know, we didn't talk about this last week, but... Um, the inner circle had brought in Jeff Cobb from New Japan as like a mercenary mm-hmm. to face Moxley when he was on the build to Jericho. Uh-huh. So like, could MJF bring in some big guy from somewhere else? Sure. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. And something that was decently fun was the 47-year Christian Cage defeating the 46-year Matt Hardy in 12 minutes, 59 seconds. And yeah, very fine match. Yeah, you yeah. know, no... 
kind of like how Christian, all of Christian's matches have been. Mm-hmm. None of it, they've all been average to above average, workmanlike, solid. Yeah, they, they got in that lock in the beginning. Fundamentally and they sound, yeah. good selling, mm-hmm. you know, just two veteran guys putting on a fine, fine match yeah. is what this was. Yeah, you know, I thought it was, again, like, you know, and I know we're going to talk about how, like, you know, old wrestling matches, when we talk about WrestleMania 1, are, like, big and slow and stuff. And, like, this one kind of, you know, they were, like, locked up, you know, for a long time in the beginning for, like, the first, what, minute or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, it was still very engaging, you know. But I think it's a big, in big part that I, like, you know, know both of these characters. And Matt Hardy's fun and Christian's been fun, too. So. And there's history between the two. But oh, yeah, yeah, you said their first match since when, 2004? Like televised, yeah, I think, televised. since, like, 2004, which okay. is very surprising. But, yeah, Matt worked worked on Christian's neck and throat a lot. You know, he was, like, choking him on the bottom rope and yeah. um, hit him uh, with a neckbreaker slingshot. Um, but uh, Christian ended up taking control after the break and... He ended up stepping on Matt to kind of choke him on the rope a little bit. Um, But at one point, Matt went for a twist of fate, and Christian shoved him off and hit a spear, which I thought was cool because that was Edge's move, so kind of a little homage to him. Um, Christian hit a nice frog splash Mm. off the top rope, got the two count. You know, there was a series of near falls towards the end. You know, Matt hit a superplex. Christian got kind of a roll-up. And then Matt hit him with the low blow. And you're thinking, oh boy, is this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is this going to go Hardy's way? And he had him in a, like a submission move outside that they called the leech. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't really seen it. And then yeah, it was, no, that was, again, yeah. kind of an abrupt ending. Like they got in from after that. And like, I think Christian countered one thing and he hit him with the kill switch and mm-hmm. that was it. So it was almost like that submission kind of killed a little of the momentum they had. Yeah. but. Again, still a fun match, and Christian gets the W as you know we expected. And after the match, we had Private Party and Angelico out there about to attack Christian, and here comes Jurassic Express, um, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus to save the day. Yeah, no, that was a good moment there at the end. And I think didn't Luchasaurus put Christian up on his shoulders? He did, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So, um, you know, we've kind of talked about the alliance between Christian and them, and I could. You know, I could see this continuing where maybe we get Christian and Jurassic Express against Matt Hardy and Private Party in a three-on-three match, something like that. But, um, yeah, Christian gets the W, and uh, we move on. Sure thing. Um, And then we had a quick Miro promo, which, you know, he was talking about being God's favorite champion and the Redeemer and didn't say a whole lot. But what was noteworthy here was yet another new TNT title. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. It was, it was like purple. White, it was yeah, a white strap. Yeah. And, and th- was it like purple and green almost? Like, I don't know. Maybe it was reflecting the lights. That in might the have been, I think it was white. Yeah, white. I yeah. Mean, well, the, I, well, I noticed the strap was white, but like the jewels and stuff. Oh, like, oh I didn't yeah, even yeah, really, yeah, I, I didn't I, really I, take note but of like, that. Like I saw it and I was like, man, that looks very like Maybe. jokery. Like, yeah. you know, like the Penta. I didn't notice. I just really noticed the white strap. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that too. Yeah. too close. But I think it was the lights. Yeah. 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 Very well could be. But again, interesting because they pretty much just changed it from the red to the black strap. But whatever. I always like a white strap belt. And then we go to Britt Baker coming out being interviewed by her good friend, Tony Schiavone, and yes. they get a nice little hug in. And uh, this is a much better Britt promo than, what was it, last week when yeah. she talked about the Saudi Arabia. Uh, this was Britt Baker on her game and almost kind of being like a face, yeah. you know, because Niall is definitely the heel in this story. Sure. And Britt had certainly been a pretty big heel on her way up to the title. and. 
I don't know if she's going to stay face, but she's definitely kind of the face here well, in this story. Well, and she did throw down the thing to Vicky about how, like, she's only relevant because of her last name, yep, yep. which was, you know, low blowy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, this um, feud needed this. Absolutely. Because, like, going into her first title defense, like, everything on this feud had landed flat up until yeah. now. And even Vicky and Nyla's response I thought was pretty flat. Yeah. But Brett needed to deliver. But Brett's and I thought, was yeah, good. Yeah. I agree. What, you think the cheeseburgers fell flat? Okay, so the cheeseburger heave was good. Yeah. Just the fact that she just, you know. Just chucked it. Yeah, just but chucked it. But yeah, what was it. the point of all that? You're yeah. right. Like, this feud has been pretty just meh. Uh, but, you know, I think the match is going to be very good. And, yeah, it was a great promo by Britt. Uh, I like the one line, you know, she said Nyla's beaten her multiple times and she's at the top of the food chain, but I'm off the menu because I'm a special order. I thought that was pretty good. She's like the In-N-Out burger. She's on the secret yeah. menu, you know. Get some burgers. Um, and, um, yeah, she, you know, called her Vicky relevant because of her last name. Definite nice little low blow there. Uh, saying Nyla needs the title, but the only place it's going is back around my waist. And with this title, I'm the hottest thing in wrestling. And without it, I'm still a Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. Still making six figures. And Until then, you fuck up putting somebody's crown on. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just a quick shit talk promo by Nyla and Vicky. Yeah, Nyla's like, I'm going to give you an ass whipping because that's the nature of the beast. Now, there was one really lame line they said at the end. I forgot because it was lame. Yeah, 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 fine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then we have John Moxley. Gian Moxley. Interview. (laughs) Interview. (laughs) He's interviewing Lance Archer. John Moxley interviewing Lance Archer. No, uh... Answering Lance Archer, um, you know, he's like, you don't beat Archer, you survive, and I have twice, because not only did he beat him in New Japan, he did beat him to retain the AEW world title last year, and he basically says, I'm the hunter, and next week, Archer is Texas dead. Yeah. I thought it well, well. He did like a little rhyme scheme yeah, there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and but it, for it some led reason, up the Texas dad. For, yeah. for some reason, in my mind, I thought he was going to call him he, he, your Texas toast, oh, which I thought would have been sick. sick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, could Archer win? I think he could very well win. I, I think he could just to, you know do something interesting with this because after this, you know, I guess the storyline they're leaning into is Mox defending the IWGP, which would be you know I'm all good with him defending this title. But we've said this for seems like a year. Like Archer inserts himself into these key matches, these key stories, yeah. but he never wins. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna pick Moxley, but I would li- as much as I love him, I would like to see Archer win because again, we just need him to get that signature win in AEW that he hasn't got. Yeah, and I think if the opposite happens and Mox wins, like you know, like I guess maybe there's another challenger somewhere, but like who and who with enough like storytelling, you know, uh, yeah. momentum. And Archer is a guy who's held that belt before, was in New Japan for a while, so like he could presumably go over there and defend it as well. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a good match. And uh, Texas Death Match, I'm sure it'll get bloody and brutal. And then we have Sammy Guevara defeating Wheeler Utah in 3 minutes, 44 seconds. Nice ovation for Sammy. I thought, so he's from Houston. Oh, it's in Dallas next week. For some reason, I'm like, why aren't they saving his match for next week in his hometown? But that's Archer. I just got flip-flopped. But... Um, Wheeler, Utah was very impressive here. You know, 
I wrote this was a nice, compact, flippy match. Yeah, no, I wrote flippy too. Sammy was extraordinarily flippy. Oh, both of them were very flippy. But yeah, Wheeler Yuta is a name I've been hearing a lot about. He's been in New Japan. He's been in other indies. He's been on Dark and Elevation. And, and then, you know, about a four-minute match, I was very impressed with him here. Yeah, I did too. I mean, like, like this guy kind of comes out, I have no idea who he is. Yeah. You know, they were billing it as his first match on Dynamite, so yep. he was a name. He wasn't just a jobber that they were tossing out yeah, there. Yeah, because he'd been on Dark yeah. and Elevation a handful of times, yeah. not many. But. Yeah, but, you know, and with um, a four-minute match, you know, like, you know, with the amount of time they would give a job, like this, he, he did a great job. Yeah, he got a few nice, like, a nice sequence of moves in, like a springboard drop kick, a German suplex, and he did, like, the super Superfly splash, but then Sammy kicked out at one. Yeah. Um, and then Sammy got a quick flurry in, to the, and then he hit the springboard cutter into the GTH. But, you know, a very fun four-minute match. Both guys look great. And I just want to make note here real quick because I don't know why, but Wheeler Yuta came out with the best friends, well, of the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Don't know how or why that started. But again, wanted to take this moment just because Chuck Taylor's out here to quickly shift gears to NXT because Greg isn't here this week either. And, you know, we're not necessarily going to talk about it, but I mentioned last week that um, LA Knight had defeated Cameron Grimes and Cameron Grimes had to be LA Knight's butler. And it was very good how they did that. Um, What? (laughs) Nothing, you know. It just makes me think, you know, just, you know, he was so stupid. He was just like, you know. Who, Cameron Grimes? No, 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 no. Fucking Greg Goldman. He was, he's, he's, so, oh. he's, he's, he's so stupid. We're not talking about he, Greg no, no, Goldman. No, 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 no. Just let me get this in here. Let me get this in here because, like, it's. Why? it's We're just, talking uh, about Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. I, I know. And how much better that story is. I know, but, but Greg Goldman was so was. stupid that, that, that he was like. No, he was talking about Adam Cole and um, Kyle O'Reilly. Overrated, but NXT, thank God for it. Like, just like... Yeah, dude, we're not talking about Greg here. Enough. I don't, okay, I don't know. Like, I just got to get this one thing in. Okay, so like... What? There's there, there are some things, like, that just objectively suck. You know, like, there's no, like, black or white area. There's no, like, well, I do it, you know, or, well, like, it's a subjective thing, or I believe it doesn't. It's like, you know... What are you even talking about right now? You're starting to sound like Greg. I mean, I I just... Well, I was trying to talk about NXT um, and how great of a job they are doing with that storyline and how funny Cameron Grimes has been as the butler and foiling LA Knight and just how I wish that's how they would have done it here with Chuck Taylor and Miro, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, but again, I just wanted to take the opportunity, since we aren't talking about NXT and nobody else is, to bring it up, but you had to be a dick about it. Well, whose fault so, is that? Not mine. Yours. Nope. How is it not? You Greg, did it. No, it was Greg who... No, did. you started talking about Greg when I brought up NXT, which was not the intent. Well, how I was can talking I... about a storyline that I thought you would be interested in. Well, I was interested but yet, in it, but, but also anytime you, that, that comes up, it's hard not to think about that wave of suckiness. Uh, all right, enough. Yeah, that's, enough. that's in our show. Speaking of wave of suckiness, I didn't really think very highly of this next promo. What, QT? Yeah. Well, I got a geek out of it just because of that one night, remember, he was just randomly ripping on Tony. When oh, yeah! So that's why okay, I enjoyed Okay, I, I take it. that back. I take that back Because now. it okay. started with him just being a complete dick to Tony, just like you were a dick right now. Um, but, uh, so that's why I liked it. Yes, it was pointless, 
but it was nonsense, and I only liked it because of that continuity. And yeah, he dumps what a protein shake on Tony's. Was head it a protein shake? I, I wrote it coffee. It looked like chocolate, but yeah, it wasn't steaming. No, could have been diarrhea. But yeah, I enjoyed it solely for that, just because okay. he had been an see, asshole see, to see, him. Before. See now, now with that context, I revisit it, and like it makes sense because I thought he was just being a dick because he's like, I have no other angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you know? you're right. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's probably context that not many people remember, but yeah. I remember we were geeking about it we that were, one night. How could I I forget so um speaking of geeking yes yuka sakazaki yeah yeah you, the magical girl I, I don't think i've seen her before no but. so she yuka, was yuka sakazaki. she probably hasn't been over here since the pandemic yeah. and she was in the japanese bracket of that women's tournament oh, as was well she? um but yeah she's always a ton of fun so yeah, she was a ton of fun yuka sakazaki the magical girl defeats penelope ford in seven minutes 26 seconds and her return to aew dynamite and uh yeah what were your impressions uh no she was a whole lot of fun you know whenever she first came out i was like is that riho and then you know <laughs> then you know they were like yuka sakazaki you know it took me a while to get the name yeah you know um because uh i think it came right out of commercial and i skipped forward but no uh she pulled off a brain buster very quickly yep. after the picture in picture, that was cool. Um, no, I like that Joshi style. These, you know, women are like, you know, pretty small. Like I think Riho is what less than a hundo pounds, yes, right? Yes, like ninety-five. But, but or um, you know, and so they got to use like a lot of momentum and stuff, and they take that to their advantage. And uh, yeah, that makes it really enjoyable to me. Yeah, she she's got a ton of good energy. You know, the crowd likes her. She had some nice strikes. Yeah, the brain buster. She had a nice running knee. You know, Penelope didn't get a ton of offense in here. She hit a few, like, pump kicks and whatnot. But this was the Yuka show and, uh, you know, ended it with kind of that airplane spin yeah. slam. And then she hit the magical girl splash, which she was almost kind of teetering on the ropes there. Yeah. But hit it, hit it very she well. Um, and, yeah, hopefully she sticks around and... Uh, I always, I'm a big fan of her and want to see more. Yeah, it was exciting seeing somebody new and like really like talented with a lot of clout, you know. No, I like that. Yep. And then they gave us just a quick rundown of the four announced matches for Fighter Fest Night 2 next week, which is Britt Baker and Nyla Rose, Jericho and Spears. We have Orange Cassidy versus The Blade, which, you know, has kind of been like a little small little feud. All right. Moxley Archer. I'm sure there'll probably be one more added, but, you know, a nice, nice-looking card there. Yeah. And we go into the main event... We do. ...of the evening. The very upset contest in a coffin, and it's a match, in which Darby Allen defeats Ethan Page in 11 minutes, 37 seconds, and... I thought this was a blast. Yeah. I thought this was very well done, well executed. It was brutal. It was fun, and, uh... I don't know if the feud's over, but if it is, this was a nice way to cap yeah, it off. Yeah, I think off. this. I think this was a good. I don't think this is the high water mark of the feud. I don't think so quite yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah. Like they could kind of end it here, but yeah. I think there's more juice. Yeah, no, I definitely think there is. Um, and like this match is all like Darby themed. Like the whole coffin, you know, like yeah. it's, it, like this was all sort of you know done with his sort of trappings and his sort of style. Um, in his sort of match. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought this was a whole lot of fun. And we had the yeah. big kind of reveal right yeah. off the top where Darby kind of just, like, launched himself into Ethan Page right from the get-go. And he takes his jacket off to reveal he's got, like, a backplate yeah. on. And Ethan Page was very upset. He was not happy, but just extraordinarily upset. And then um, another thing they spent a lot of time on was when Scorpio Season and Sting came out. They got in a fight and they kind of spilled into well, the Scorpio crowd. Scorpio yeah, didn't yeah. come out. He was in the coffin, remember? Oh, he popped oh, out of the coffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sting came out. So yeah, Darby had walked up to the coffin. Scorpio popped out, uh -huh. threw him into the steps. 
Then Sting came out, and yeah, they kind of spilled over into gotcha. the crowd for a while. I remember... Um, like, the camera was on them was, for a long well, time. Well, yeah. it fucked up at one point, the point where Sting actually went for the Stinger splash, the cameraman, or the director, missed it. Uh-huh. And that was kind of a bummer, because, yeah, it was showing them for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, then I can't even remember, like, how did they even get... Did they just, like, leave the arena at one point? I, I think so. I think that was pretty much the end of it, you know, because yeah. I think the missed Stinger splash... You know, and then he, like, got Scorpio uh, season... Um, up on that um, rail, and then he like you know brought him down on it and hit his nuts, right? Oh yeah, and he yeah. hit him with a garbage can garbage at one can, point. Yeah. But yeah, I think we came back from the break and they were just gone. They were gone, yeah. And then uh, that's when Ethan Page and unhooked one of the turnbuckles. Yes, which that was kind of a weird thing to see because then like the the ropes turned like into extension cords. Yeah, you know, and well, it, that it was, was just, just kind like, of a bizarre sight. And it was, side. It and like it was while was... Sting and Scorpio were fighting, yeah. you just saw Page just unscrewing it, mm-hmm. and then they came back from the break, and yeah, like the ring was just taken apart. Yeah. Which was done in service to um, expose this big hook. Yes. That's part of that whole apparatus. Yes. And the hook was, um, you know, a bit of a character in the next ensuing bits. Yes. Which, uh, I mean, it started with Ethan kind of yanking Darby Put it down. on his necklace. Darby yeah, was wearing put it like necklace. on his neck and yanked him down. Um, and then I think he hit him with it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Darby hit him with it before he fish hooked him with it. Him, yeah. Which was great. Yeah. I mean, the... I know you've been kind of making a habit of taking pictures of Ethan Page, and I know you watched this a little late, but that would have been a good picture of the fish hook, and oh, it yeah. was great. Well, we can go back. We get a recording. <laughs> no, but 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 yeah, uh, he uh, yeah no, that, like that was a whole lot of fun too. Because like whenever they do these still shots, and they did this again because Darby gouged him again. Yep. You know, yep. just where Darby's just on him and just and then you know, he holding bit him. Down. Yeah, and then he, he bit gouged him. him and bit him. Yeah. Um, a move that I loved. Well, before it happened, Darby had kind of hit that like counter stunner onto the steps hmm. and then he went to the top i think to go for the coffin drop page kind of knocked him down and picked him up and hit him with the egos off edge, the rope on, yeah off the rope onto the steps, steps yeah and, and like yeah go ahead no i was gonna say and then like i remember i wrote right after that that this is the best ethan page match that i've seen i think that's one of the best showings of him oh yeah this, yeah, yeah this was great you um, know, like things like that you know like i guess i haven't really seen from him just in regular matches yeah, so then he they were like going, kind of headed. It's like after that, I thought he should have tried to roll him into the coffin. Like one complaint out of this match was like in WWE casket matches of old and whatever. While this was better than almost all of them, what one thing they used to do was like they'd attempt to slam the door on him yeah. more. Like they would tease the finish more, where yeah. one of them would be in the coffin and reach their hand out and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. And um, so I, there uh, weren't enough teases. Yeah, it, like um, you know, one the, the kind of the way I thought about it is they eliminated the near fall. Correct. There were two That's sort of yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah, there were two instances. There was when you know um, Ethan Page put him in there. And then, like, kind of at the point when Darby was about to put him in there, you knew that was Yeah, cool. and the only other part time where they were, like, over there was they were, like, standing in the coffin fighting at one point, like, after Sting and Scorpio had left. But, yeah, just a mild complaint on that. It's like, after he hit him with that ego's edge, he should have rolled him into the coffin and tried to close the door. But, um, you know, shortly after that, there was the eye gouge, the biting, and then he got the skateboard... Jumped off the top, slammed the skateboard on his back. He fell into the coffin, shut the door. That was it. So, yep. yeah, there just wasn't enough near falls, as you put it, but teases. You know, like, yeah. I can't tell you how many old casket matches they would be in the casket and try and shut it, but he gets a hand out or he busts yeah. it out. But then the icing on the cake, which I certainly didn't expect this, yeah, didn't matches either. over. 
Darby wheels the coffin a little bit more towards the turnbuckle and fucking just coffin drops through it. Yeah, that what was a maniac. Sick. Yeah, what a maniac. Man, that had to have hurt. Um, and like, I guess, did you mention the skateboarding move that he yeah, did? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that's what heard. set it up. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, awesome match, ton of fun, very well executed. I thought Sting and Scorpio played well in their roles. Uh, wish Ethan Page would have won, but I think, you know, we both predicted Darby was going to. And yeah, we'll see if we get a Sting and Scorpio match. I mean, is there, I think there's more juice. We'll see. A but Sting uh, singles match? Yeah, yeah. potentially. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We shall. Uh, but yeah, you know Ethan Page next week is going to be just very... Very upset. And, uh, yeah, that's our dynamite. (laughs) He just shit right out in front of your neighbor's door? You're damn fucking right he did. I paid that bum good money. Fucking better of. Oh, you know, I'm not supposed to be doing the Edgar Field Review Revenge thing anymore. But I gotta say, Greg, that's pretty goddamn funny. Here's your copies. God damn it, fucking hot! Shit, shit, shit. Be the water, not the rock. Be the water, not the fucking rock. Water, rock. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking get that. Be the water and the rock shit. I don't know how that's supposed to stop you from getting mad. My shower stops running, I get mad. Kids throwing rocks in my windows, and I'm fucking pissed. Like no matter what you do, shit's gonna make me mad. Shit that makes me mad is gonna happen. Well, Greg, can't you like pay to get that shit fixed and hire bodyguards or security or cops or fuck, just someone to stop that? Nah, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody ever's given a fuck. And the worst part is you hear it from everyone. Go buy a nice mic. With what fucking money? Get a better job? Alright. With what degree that mommy and daddy paid for? Then what? Get better fucking parents? Get the fuck out of here. It just goes on and on, you know? Kind of like that water the doctor's talking about. You're right. You know, Greg, I've lived a very fortunate life. You know, very, very fortunate. But every day, I wake up and I think about how I drove through the CNN tower, just in a complete blind fucking rage. And I just wonder, how did I get to that point? What the fuck I was thinking? And I think about the past, and what I could have done differently to change it. But I just end up dwelling on things I can't change at all. It's like, I've been lucky in life, but I feel like I've done nothing with it. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it does suck. Yeah. Brett and Beaumont are right. My part of this show fucking sucks. I suck. Like, I haven't been able to hold it together just to make it through fucking Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Shit, Vince, I feel like I've been letting you down this whole time just by telling you. No, 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 Greg, Greg, Greg. You're not letting me down one bit. Listen. This is something that Bo actually told me, funny enough. As long as you're doing something you like, and you don't believe it sucks, it doesn't suck. And if you don't suck, so long as you think what you're making doesn't suck, then well, I don't know. (laughs) Look at me, giving you advice I can't take myself. It makes sense. 
but it still sucks when you still feel like you suck sometimes. Like I'm sure you heard about Raw and the whole ratings thing. Nah, who gives a fuck about rate? I mean, hey, you're still running the show there, right? Like I'm still part of their show. Hey, who the fuck knows? Maybe sucking is a part of getting better, you know? Part of fucking becoming a brain buster boy. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. Once I got I feel like I've sucked so long that this is just the way things are. But Dr. Shelby's trying to get me to believe in that I can change, and I guess the only thing I can do is, well, keep on, you know, keep it on, like that stupid river. Well, well think about fucking Zack Ryder, right? You brought that guy in, he kind of, you know, he fucking sucked. He was a goonie to edge. He didn't really do fucking anything, but, but he kept at it and he fucking changed himself. He made that whole web show and he fucking got over. I mean, despite your best efforts, he got fucking over. And even look, after all that shit happened, he kind of started fucking sucking again. And now, now he's on trying to kick the ass of all these fucking indie guys in your name. I mean, people can change. Greg, it seemed like you really know your wrestling. You have a good voice for the sport. And I know Brett and Bo may be doing their thing, but you know, what's stopping you from doing yours? Well, uh, I guess first my shithole fucking apartment and my shit fucking job. Well, and... you got yourself a computer with a shitty microphone and you know that shitty fucking internet. Yeah, I, I guess I do. Shit, well, I don't know. Brett and Beaumont got their listeners, and that's kind of what matters. Well, just don't count yourself out, kid. What in the fuck is with these legs? What burns my ass? Um, we went to a concert the other day at the Waterfront Park in Louisville, Kentucky to see Houndmouth, um, which is a band one of our good friends manages, and I've seen them probably 30 times over the years and have become good friends with them, and just live music's back, and like, it's all wonderful, well, Mm -hmm. and good, and the show was amazing. However, I drove down with a few buddies from Northern Kentucky you were already in Louisville, or you you kind of work in the middle, and yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you were already going to be there, and we were going to meet other friends and uh, what have you. So it's like we're in the car for you know almost two hours. We get there, we're excited, and it's impossible to get a beer. Yeah, I mean it's what, fifty plus people deep. Yeah, and, I, I stood in one of the lines um, about a thirty minutes before you all showed up, yeah. and it took about. 15 minutes in 20, but like the thing. I feel like it got worse the closer you got. Yeah, yeah, it did. And you would just be kind of standing there and like Berger and I walked out. Yeah, you guys left during the show. Yeah, during the show to be like, let's go try to get a beer. And we went and went to the lines and we're like, nope. And I went and peed. And then I literally, the only thing I came back with was I went up to that water cooler that they were giving out with the um, taps and I just got a fucking handful yeah. of water just drank it right there so <laughs> some am- animal baby amazing show great to be back to live music great to see a band i know very well you know had a bunch of friends there it was a ton of fun but drove an hour and a half and couldn't get a fucking beer yeah no i think that was uh which is not like i was trying to get wasted we were coming back up here anyway it's like i just wanted a beer yeah yeah like, just something beer. to drink during the show yeah. <laughs> it, it, it felt like we were like 18 or 19 again yeah. like going to see a show yeah 
Yeah. You know, which was still fun. I, I, had, I, I, had I still had a blast. Yeah, 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 the show was awesome. Yeah, it was and definitely, you know, throwback or like, we never really drank a lot of Bonnaroo. But it know. just burnt my ass. Yeah, it did, yeah. Just because it was unnecessary. They could have had so many beer tents along that right side. Well, hopefully they learn from it. Yeah. You know, like spread it out a and little bit. And it was bit. a free show, and I get that, but it's like, they just were not prepared no, for No, they that. were not. So hopefully they get that and get their shit together. So yeah, that, and this is a mild ass burn. Because yep. again, had a great time, and the show was amazing. But mm. What about you? All right. So uh, last night I was riding my bicycle. Um, mm. It was at night. Um, I don't know. Usually I don't ride at night, but I just kind of was in the mood. And, uh, you know, so I um, get on my bike and I go riding. And I go down this hill. I've gone down a million times and there's this rock. You know, and like, if I run over a rock, it's not going to be a big deal. You know, like a small, like, gravel driveway. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like, yeah. But, you know, I avoid them. You know, just, you know, it's just not just that, but it's like kind of fun to avoid stuff. It's like you make a game out of it. And mm. I do it. Um and basically what I think was happening was I was going downhill so fast, like when I did it, you know, I went too far and then I overcorrected and then I went ass over tea kettle. Oh no. Like onto the ground. And like, it was pretty scary. Like I, th- I remember like coming down like right here, yeah. you know, and I don't wear a helmet and my mom will fucking murder me. Yeah. Um, she would have murdered me too if I would have like gotten a broken arm and had to go to my sister's wedding next week. Oh shit. My sister's getting married next week, by the way. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good. Oh yeah. To wear a sling. She would have been pissed. Yeah. And, uh, anywho. Well, so, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um. I went up to this um, Catholic grade school and sat on the steps in front waiting for someone to come pick me up. Um, and uh, yeah, so anywho, um, I leave my bike um, by that grade school. So I'm like, all right, I go, I go get in my car and I drive back to go get it today. Mm-hmm. I get my bike, I go on a ride, you know, because I fucking can and because I'm not going to let this wreck, you know, destroy me. Mm-hmm. So I ride for like an hour. I get so into it, I just bike right back home. I don't <laughs> even go back to my car oh, no. and put it on the rack like I was supposed to. So. I was I had to get a haircut 30 minutes later. I go in, quick shower, walk outside, think I'm going to drive. Car's nowhere to be found. Don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to go back to the barber shop, which was kind of far, and then bike all the way back to my car, which was also far. Shit. And, like, yeah. Yeah, that'll burn you. Yep. Well, I'm glad uh, you didn't uh, get hurt seriously hurt. No, no. It's, um, you know. A couple bumps and bruises. Yeah, yeah. this bump ain't going to be pretty, and this scab is going to fucking suck, and it's going to hurt to raise my arm like this oh, shit. for a while, but, you know. Yeah, you're alive. You're well. Okay, if you recall, and I know you've been holding this one in for a little while, I'm sure. Um, But again, to honor Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, not that we picked a good match by any means, because if we wanted to do that, I probably would have picked that. I think it was a false count anywhere he had with Mick Foley in like 92 or 93. Uh But we picked a historic match, at least, which I think is also what we're trying to do with this segment, is show you not only good matches, but historic matches. Mm-hmm. And what could be more historic than the main event of WrestleMania yep. 1, which is Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper from March 31st, 1985 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, before we kind of get into your observations and then the match... Uh, just also want to mention, we watched kind of the pre-match festivities we where did. they introduced the guest ring announcer, Billy Martin, who was a famous New York Yankees manager. Liberace, the guest timekeeper, <laughs> dancing with the Rockettes. Who was who involved a lot in the production. Like, oh, yeah. like, I'm sure they were like, hey, Liberace, just like come out and wave. He was having a ball. Oh, no. Like, he, I'm sure, inserted himself into... Doing those kick dances yeah, and yeah. kicking more. The product, yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. And then Louisville's own Muhammad Ali, the guest ring announcer. And then Pat Patterson, the referee. 
Hey, um, if you recall, alum. That's correct. Episode from our four. first one, yeah. From, from the Hit Watch episode, right? That's correct. Yeah. So uh, we had, and again, right before we get into the match, uh, we had the line of bagpipers and drummers a coming out is what for I Roddy Piper, who what came out them. really looking like a smug prick. Mm. And Paul Orndorff. Wearing the black cat fireworks yep. shirt. Yep. Paul Orndorff looking great in his regal looking robe with Cowboy Bob Orton, father of your boy Randy Orton. The, the um, schoolmaster. The schoolmaster, the headmaster. Yeah. And, uh, the, the superintendent. The superintendent. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And Hogan and Mr. <laughs> T come out to I am a real American with Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Yeah. Hogan rips Mr. T's shirt off. And Gorilla Monsoon's Gorilla Monsoon mentions multiple times how pandemonium is about to break loose. Mr. Wonderful, according to Jesse the Body Ventura, looks like a Greek god. And he's got like a broom right before the match. Yeah. And he looks like he's about to hit him with it. And then he cracks it over his knee. And then I think finally the bell rings. And as we tend to do with these if you recalls, what'd you think of the match? Um, so like old wrestling has this very big and slow quality that, um, you know, whenever we talk about stuff that's flippy, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big part of what's going on nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. No, people are like six foot five and 280 pounds and just, you know, stomping around the ring. And, um, not only that, it was shot like at this sort of like eye level thing. Camera angles were not Yeah. Yeah. The camera angles were bad. And like. You know, whenever things got chaotic, it didn't try to zoom in to try to parse through Which the didn't chaos. Happen very often. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, um, yeah. I mean, I thought this was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's um, not a good yeah, wrestling. I mean, match you know, at all. I mean, Mr. T really wasn't showcased well. He had moments where he would punch people. I he guess slammed him a few times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess like, this was close to when Rocky Three came out, where he plays Clubber Lang, the boxer. Yeah. You know, and like he also has the whole American hero vibe because he was with. Nancy Reagan, who's big in the uh, Just Say No campaign back then, mm-hmm. the A team. So he was kind of, you know, a big front and center, you know, somewhat kind of patriotic American kind of figure. I know another yeah. at another point you mentioned, or we both kind of talked about just the cartoonish yeah. nature of kind of wrestling back then, which was like Hogan multiple times doing what they called the double noggin knock, yeah. where he hits both guys' head. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, very Looney Tunes. And like um, Roddy Piper's cell of the big boot at one point. Like Hogan literally just sticks his leg up, Piper runs into it, and just like does a huge flip backwards yeah. outside yeah. of the it, ring. It, it was just pretty. Looney you know, Tunes is a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to say Mr. Wonderful, you know, like you did pick a good one for him because he was the MVP of this Yeah, match, he looked right? good. Yeah, he, yeah. you know, he didn't. Do too much just bullshit. You know, he looked good. He's obviously jacked. Um, you know, he kind of just played your standard just bad guy heel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that, I mean, to compliment it in one way, one thing the match did do well at least was like isolating the face you know, into the heels corner multiple times. Yeah, like, like Mr. T got ganged up on. Double once, team yeah. move. So they at least, like, had that. But, yeah, this was a pretty dog shit Well, match. and, like, you know, there were multiple points where, like, here comes Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You know, like, he's in the ring. And then, you know, Pat, yeah. then Pat Patterson's a fucking wrestler. He's involved. And then, um, who else? Who was the other ref again? Uh, well, no, it was just those two. It was just those two. And then there was... Um, well, Superfly Jimmy Su- Snook yeah, yeah, and then Cowboy yeah. Bob Orton. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, like, five... First of all, like, nothing happened in the first five minutes. Oh, yeah, it was all stalling. That's like, when they left. Yeah, tag, yeah. tag, stall, stall, stall. And then, yeah, like, finally there was some action. And then within, like, two minutes, then everyone was in the ring, like you said. Muhammad Ali, 
Miss, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton, Superfly. And, the, and then that's like, when Robbie, Roddy Piper and um, Mr. Wonderful left. Yeah, Remember that yeah they just bit? walked out. Walked Piper's out. like, basically, like, we're done with this. Yeah. And, yeah, then they walk on back because yeah. Pat Patterson's like, you got to come back and, out. And see, the only way that works is, like, if this is a type of match that, like, none of them would ever agree to and that they've been forced to agree to and that they think the rules are bullshit from the start. And, like, maybe I'm missing context there, but I feel like that's the only way that that kind of gesture would work if they, like, thought it was so unfair. But, well, it, like, it didn't even seem so that. So, again, yeah. that's a classic heel tactic of just, like, I'm fed up with this match. I'm just going to leave and take the count out. Yeah. And, like, but it just the execution of it and the camera angles, again, wasn't good. It's it wasn't like, what believable. are they doing? And then they disappear, and then all of a sudden they're coming back yeah, out. Yeah, it wasn't believable. It's not like the ref ran up the ramp and forced them to yeah. come back. Yeah, it's... It, it wasn't it's believable, nonsense. and I didn't really know what their gripe was. It wasn't yeah. very articulated in a very concrete way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it typically will run through all the big moves, uh, but there really weren't any. There was, there was, was there even a big leg drop? No. No. How can you watch a Hogan match without the fucking shittiest special move of all time? Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're just talking about the ending. Well... <laughs> Is there anything else? What other notes did you write down? I mean, I've got shit, but this was a dog shit match. It's like, All what right, are we going to talk yeah, about? Double team boot attacks? But yeah, here we go. Huge stall before match. Slap fight between T and Roddy Piper. Yeah, just run Stalling, then pure chaos. Roddy Piper and Wonderful left ring or tried to leave, but ref wouldn't let them. Hogan, terrible big boot. Shooting angle sucks. Mr. Wonderful goes after Hogan. Mr. T, hot tag, question mark, not really. Gets ganged up on, and then the the, the ending. The you know, ending. Then the ending. Which so, you know. um, Paul Orndorff had Hogan in like a full Nelson, yeah. and Cowboy Bob Orton climbed to the top, and he had the cast on his yeah. arm, which was he was famous for using. So Mr. Wonderful's got Hogan in this full Nelson. Hogan moves. Cowboy Bob Orton comes down with the cast on Mr. Wonderful. He just like whoop, cartoon mm. flops no. back. Hogan gets the cover. One, two. And like that wasn't even a big jo- like it was like he kind of flopped on him. Yeah, like that was just executed so sloppily, you know. Um, and then I, probably the well, best. Well, and then I had the reaction. I was like, "That's it." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "That's." It. I mean, not much happened. But then probably the best part was after the match, Roddy Piper just fucking clocks Pat Patterson, just slugged him, just hammered him. Oh, He's man. so mighty. So, uh, yeah, that was WrestleMania 1. How about the intro to WrestleMania? Remember just the still photos? Oh, yeah, just like the, the PowerPoint style. You Over know? just this and, terrible and, 80s and, music. And then the graphics and stuff. Yeah. You know, man, like, and I'm sure they worked really hard on that, and it's like... But, hey, WrestleMania 1 was a smashing success, despite it not holding up a lick today. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, it, I mean, you know, it's started a trend rest in peace mr wonderful uh sure, he's also sure. i randomly watched some like 80s bullshit the other day and that was him as like a super heel getting like a makeover uh-huh. and just treating like the women doing his nails and hair like shit like he was such a prick to them but it was so funny yeah. so yeah mr wonderful again like it sounds like a lot of people had nothing but great things to say about him i haven't seen a ton of his matches but you know what i have seen he's been entertaining and clearly was a big figure in wrestling history so 
rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you'll, one day you'll get to see a better Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Yeah, I, w- I would like to. But yeah. hey, historic for him to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Oh one. yeah, like, that's Edged a nice history. feather in the cap. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and like you know, we'll just say we'll just say, you call this. Um, what did you call it? I wrote this down. A big attraction match, you know, and you know what I call it. I call it a plot match. Yes, it um, was. And I think, you know, like... Yes, it was. And I mean, you know, I'm sure he's involved in many other matches, but I mean, it's fitting that WrestleMania 1 yeah. ends with the main event of a plot match. Only yeah. four people can say they were in the main event of WrestleMania 1, and yeah. one of them was an actor. Yep. So, uh... And one of them pities fools. That's... Well, he's the same one. fools are pitifuls. So, uh, yeah, that was fun, and uh, now is uh, about the time, I'm, I don't even want to mention it, but this is where we would have the Greg Goldman report, but obviously that's not happening, so uh, I guess uh, that is our show yeah. here. Yeah. Well, great. Infinitely better ending than the week before, um, and infinitely better, infinitely better ending than the week before the week before. So hopefully this trend continues. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's not going to be here, uh, mm-hmm. next week, but, yeah. uh, we'll see, uh, yeah. here in a couple when he gets through. I mean, again, like whether it was dog shit or not, like it's still entertaining. Like if you don't think that was funny, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, do. I, I, I think it's funny if we're laughing at us. Okay. But like, I'm beyond the point that we're laughing at us. Like we've done a lot of laughing at us and I'm cool with that. You know, I'm cool with that as long as it, like, gets us to the next step. Like, I will put my head on the chopping block for that. But I will not put my head on the chopping block for this guy. Like, this guy's a fucking moron, man. Okay, well, uh, I bet people probably laughed at you when you first started this show and didn't know what the hell you were yeah, talking I, yeah, about. Yeah, I know. And then I became what I am now. And he could become that as well in his own way. No, but he won't. Regardless, let's fucking stop talking about you, it. You should be not happy about this. I'm fine I'm with surprised. it. I'm surprised. It's legitimately surprising. Why? Because, like, I don't know. He, like, this is our show. This was, you called me to put this on, and now he is here. Yeah. Now he is this this uh, cancer that is mesticizing. I don't know, you know about on that. On our show, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, you know, I want to say we'll see how it goes. But. Well, he's not here anymore, and uh, we will see how it goes. And just because he's doing this anger management thing doesn't automatically mean he's going to be back on the show. It's just whatever. I'm tired of talking about it, man. Uh, I mean, just fucking, yeah, I, I've had enough. All right, good. 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 Greg, you, you sure you don't want to ride? Now nah, take the subway. I do all my thinking on there when I ain't getting fucked with by some stupid bums. <laughs> I understand. Well, you know, it was a real pleasure to meet you. And Dr. Shelby told me to say this to all my fans, even the ones that criticize me, but honestly, I really want to say this to you, and I don't even need my piece of paper. Thank you for watching my WWE. means a lot when it connects with people like you. Hey, I'm an objective fan. Vince, you know there hasn't been a good fucking episode of Ross and the Obama administration. Uh, but I still watch every week. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg. Let's keep in touch.
fucking idiot? God damn it! You move up my fucking way! Oh, fuck! Be the water, not the rock. Be the water, not the fucking rock. 